You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Last segment to go on this week's episode of The Pipeline Show, and uh, we're going to talk a little AJHL playoffs. Uh, the host of Inside the AJHL on TSN 1260s on uh, Saturday mornings is Tyler Yaremchuk. joins me now. Tyler, welcome back to the show. How's things? Oh, they're great, Guy. I always love coming on The Pipeline Show. Oh, well, I appreciate you uh, making the time for the program. Uh, interesting times in the AJHL playoffs. Some surprises. I'm a little surprised how close some of these series have gone, and some of the underdogs got uh, early wins. Uh, there's no sweeps, it looks like. Well, maybe a white car could sweep, but um, it looks like pretty competitive start to the playoffs. Surprisingly competitive, especially when you consider like how many teams make the playoffs in this league. You always feel like you're due for one sweep somewhere. The one I had circled, at least, at the start of the of round one was uh, down in between Olds and Drumheller. You're looking at an old Grizzlies team that uh, they barely won this year. They had something like nine wins in the regular season. Sorry, I have their record right in front of me. Uh, they went 10-41-7. The team they're going up against, the Drumheller Dragons, went 37-18-3. I, that one had sweep written all over it. And then game one, Olds absolutely stuns them. It wasn't even close. It was a 4-1 win, but Drumheller's bounced back. They won 5 nothing in game two. Four nothing in game or four three in in overtime in game three and they have control of that series once again. But yeah, I think surprisingly close is a good way to sum up round one so far. Just uh, in, in looking at the standings in an era in across all sports where parity seems to be what everybody strives for to have in their league, uh, it's not that in the AJHL yet. There's really four teams that are I think could be considered contenders this year. When you have a league that has you know the short park crusaders with 49 wins. They only lost nine games. And then you mentioned the Calgary Canucks who only had nine wins. Uh, there's there's a pretty big disparage between the, the, the high-end teams and the low-end teams in the AJ. Yeah, there is. Um, yeah, basically the standings are almost reverses of each other, right? A team like Lloyd goes 11-41-6 this year. And yeah, as you said, Short Park 49-9. and uh, you, you mentioned four teams that are contenders. I think it's a little bit bigger than that. I, I'd expand the list to six. I, I'd assume you were talking... Crusaders, Saints, Okotoks, and Brooks, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would include Whitecourt and Drumheller in there just off the back of their goaltending, and specifically Drumheller. They got Daniel Allen back from the USHL um, just right at the end of the regular season, and what this guy was doing, and he was almost unbeatable, Gee, like his numbers in those final 11 games, he had an 8-3 and record, but he had a 156 goals against average and a 944 save percentage like this guy is legit he can win you a series almost single-handedly and i want to say the same thing out in white court as well like Vinny duplessis he's three and oh so far in the playoffs with a 131 goals against average and even if you go back to the regular season he was nominated for goaltender of the year for a reason this guy's legit so i I think there's six teams with legitimate championship aspirations right now all right well I'll, i'll i'll defer to you you see the league a lot more than i certainly do um, I just thought after the first round, then you get it kind of gets a little bit more serious because all the teams that got first round buys are are the uh, the heavy hitters in the league, and I th- I thought it wouldn't really matter until you got to the uh, the division finals when you finally got down to to four teams. Certainly, you would agree though that Sherwood Park and and uh, Okotoks and Brooks and and Spruce would be the heavy favorites. Yeah, I think there is sort of like I, I mentioned six teams with championship aspirations. I do think it's broken up into two tiers, like the three teams that got their buys, the crew, the Oilers, and the Bandits. They're definitely above Spruce Grove, White Court, and Drumheller. But I think that second round, if those are the teams that end up making it there, 
it, it's going to be fascinating hockey. And the, I, I'm thinking about the division finals. Like, if you could get a Sherwood Park, Bruce Grove, Okotoks, Brook final four, mm-hmm. like, oh man, that that hockey might be some of the best junior hockey played in the country. All right, well, let's uh, jump ahead two weeks, and that is the uh, the projected uh, series matchups. Who do you like coming out of the South right now? Coming out of the South, are, are we talking about a potential potentially coming out of the second round? It, well, no, I'm even just looking ahead to the finals. Uh, to me, I, I would be stunned if it's not Okotoks and Brooks playing in the in the South final. Yeah, I, I would be pretty surprised as well. I, Drumheller could maybe do some damage, but I think Brooks is going to be a team that that should be able to move past the Dragons. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. it's real tight, and honestly, the X factor in this, and not to sound too like I'm stating the obvious too much. But it is goaltending, but for interesting reasons. Like, for Okotoks, last season, Brady Parker was all the talk. He was going to be that next big young goalie in the AJHL. And then at the start of this year, he lost the crease. It was that, it was Ashton Abel. And Ashton Abel is putting up some incredible numbers. And then in another surprising turn, Abel decides around Christmas that he's going to go to Boston University early. So now it's Brady Parker's crease again. And he was really struggling up to that point in the regular season. But he pieced together just an incredible second half. Eventually got nominated for one of the two goalies of the year in the South Division. And he's been lights out from January on, but there's still that part of me that goes, I remember October and November still. I wonder if that's maybe in the back of at least Brooks' mind, should they go up against the Oilers? Right. And same thing for Bandits with Pierce Charleston. Like, as reliable as he had been over the course of 18 months, he had a couple of rough, rough starts down the stretch there. His numbers are still good. But with these two goaltenders, they're both capable of being just absolutely lights out, but they're also both capable of looking fairly average. So I, I think it'll be, I, it's really tough to tell. I think I like Okotoks just a little bit more. I like their back end just a little bit more, but it's as close as to 50-50 as I think you can get. Yeah, I think we could call it a, a coin flip, and I don't know if home ice advantage would mean all that much uh, or, or not. Uh, and, and really the only X factor injuries you can never really plan around injuries so if, if both teams can get there healthy then boy it could be quite serious and in the north mm-hmm. that you've got Sherwood Park and Spruce Grove and and even even this is a year where the Spruce Grove Saints look like underdogs the, the Crusaders have just been uh, juggernauts uh, all season long are they I have the last time I looked I think they were still the number one ranked team in the entire country at the junior A level yeah they ended the year as the number one team in the country it's it's almost the, this Saints and Crusaders matchup. It feels like the exact reverse of what it's been in the past, where the Crusaders are just this highly skilled juggernaut team, and the Saints. It's weird to call them an underdog or a scrappy underdog, but they're built with depth and good coaching. And you know, there's three pairings deep, four lines deep, and they also have Matt Davis between the pipes, who can be absolutely incredible. Um, I'm not calling this one a coin flip. I, I think the Crusaders are favorites, and for good reason. They have the two top scorers. In the league on their top line, they have the league's best defenseman. They have the league's best goaltender in Carter Guylander as well. Their power play, when it gets going, it's nearly unstoppable. Um, and, and it was a season series that the Crusaders did pretty well in. They, they went 4-2 and two against the Saints, a plus-11 goal differential. So I don't think this one is as tight as Brooks and Okotoks. I, I'd give Short Park an edge, but I also think there's a bit of a mental thing in all this. Like The, the Crusaders got outed last year in the North Final by this Saints team, and, and I do think it's a bit of a mental hurdle for the Crusaders when they when they roll into Grant Fear Arena. Mm. Uh, you've seen uh, the Crusaders a lot. I know you're you're close to the team. Uh, Carter Savoya, obviously a guy up for the draft. So is uh, uh, Michael Benning. Um, for uh, fans who haven't had a chance to watch, you know, casual NHL fans that don't watch junior hockey, uh, what would you 
How would you describe those guys? What would you tell listeners uh, about those two players that they, uh, what they should know about them? Um, I'll start with Savoy. He's, I think he's listed at 5'10. They, they might put him down to six foot, but he plays like he's six foot three, 200 pounds. Like he's tough, tough to knock off the puck. He throws around his weight. He's got a bit of a nasty side to his game. Like he got suspended in his rookie season. Uh, he got real close to getting suspended again that season for taking too many goalie interference penalties as well. Um, he's got a bite to his game. He's had, in my opinion, an NHL caliber shot since he came into the league. Uh, he's, he's a natural goal scorer. Like this guy knows where to put the puck. He knows how to find the back of the net. And there's other areas of his game that, that really help him do that. I mentioned his size, but he, he's got quickness too. When you look at him, he, he's a little bit of a bigger kid, but uh, size wise, but he moves really well around the ice. And the shot is obviously the number one thing that stands out for Benning. It's, it's his hockey sense, I think, like his ability to control the pace of play from the back end. He'll make a tiny little move in his own zone where he just, it's a simple spin, but he finds a way to elude two guys and makes a nice breakout pass. Like, I don't think I've seen him make a poor breakout pass all season out in Sherwood Park. Um, and yeah, just the way he can control the game, it, it's incredible. And I think the fact he lead, led the league or led defenseman in assists really shows that. Now, the uh, Saints also have a player that's up for the draft this year that's uh, getting some attention. St. Albert product, Ethan Edwards. And he's Thank actually you. a guy who the Crusaders recruited very, very heavily, I heard. And his whole thing was he's played with Benning growing up. And he kind of said, you know what? I want to show what I can do and how I can be the big offensive guy. And that's why he ended up going to Spruce Grove. And yeah, he doesn't get as much attention as uh, as Michael Benning does. And maybe it's the last name. Maybe it's the fact he doesn't play for, you know, the number one team in the country. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, I watched him real, real close the last meeting between the Saints and Crusaders in the regular season. And I thought he was the best defenseman on the ice with both teams in that game. He doesn't have the incredible offensive numbers, uh, 33 points in 50 games. He's committed to go to the University of Michigan in a couple of years as well. But I, I think a team would be very wise to take a look at this guy in the draft. I, I don't think he'll go. He won't go till the later rounds, but similar traits to Benning. Very offensive, very smart moving the puck out of the zone. Um, maybe doesn't skate as well, but he can be just as effective. Not very big, though, eh? Like he's listed at 5'9", 155 pounds. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Benning isn't the biggest defenseman either, but I, but he's a little bit more solid on his skates than Edwards would be, and I think that's another difference between the two. You mentioned Carter Guylander in passing a little bit earlier, a Detroit Red Wings uh, prospect. Um, I know he had a slow start this season, but, boy, his numbers by the end of the year, terrific. Part of the slow start, at least one of the people I talked to, was kind of attributed. He was at that World uh, Junior Club Cup in Russia, Yeah, and teammate JHL brought him over and didn't play him. Like, he didn't get into a single game. So by the time he came back to North America, there's the whole, you know, jet lag thing and all that. But he didn't have a training camp. Like, he came in and had to jump pretty much right into action in preseason, got a couple of preseason starts, and bang, it was regular season. And I think it just took him a while to get his game up to midseason form. But once it got there, like, oh, man, this guy, he's huge, right? He's listed at six foot six, close to 200 pounds, I believe. And the thing that always stands out for him with me is, he makes these two-on-one saves or breakaway saves look so easy. And you almost need to like take a step back and go, you know what, that wasn't an easy save he just stopped with his chest. That was a two-on-one, but because he's so big and he moved so well, he made it look like a simple stop. Um, he's a very, very good goaltender. He's going to Colgate next year. 
And it's incredibly unfortunate that we won't get to watch him in the AJHL anymore because he's a true talent. Yeah, his rights got traded to Tri-City. I still think he's going the college route, though. So uh, we'll see uh, what happens for him at Colgate. Uh, all right, lastly, uh, your show on TSN 1260 inside the AJHL started earlier this year, right? Uh, uh, what do you got coming up this weekend and how have things been going? Uh, things have been going great. Uh, waking up every, early every Saturday isn't uh, the most <laughs> ideal thing, but I get to talk junior hockey for an hour, so I love doing it. Um, we've had some great guests throughout the year as well. Coming up this weekend, I think I'm going to try to get a couple of play-by-play voices to break down the series that have uh, been going on so far in round one. So I don't have names yet, but something's coming eventually. Uh, I'll figure it out here in the next hour or so, I bet. Um, it's fun, though. Every Saturday, 9 a.m., TSN 1260, all junior hockey talk for an hour. Awesome. We'll look forward to that. Uh, Tyler, as always, appreciate your time, man. As always, do you appreciate you having me on. There you go. That's Tyler Uramchuk from TSN 1260's uh, weekend show called Inside the AJHL. Uh, I know Tyler fairly well from the last couple of years. Uh, he's been at the station, came through the Nate program, was an intern at TSN 1260's, been in the booth as the on-site engineer for uh, an on-site producer uh, during the uh, Edmonton Oil King uh, broadcast, and all-around good guy from St. Albert. So I uh, wanted to get him back on the show. He also does a lot of writing uh, at... Uh, Oilers Nation as well for uh, Oilers fans and does an Oil Kings thing there as well. And uh, I think he's got a he's, – man, he's all over the place. He's got a couple podcasts, an Oilers one and an AJHL one, um, which uh, might be specific to the crew. Uh, but that, now he's got his uh, his own show on TSN uh, for the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Great stuff. Give it a listen. That does it for this week's episode. A loaded show, though. Five full guests, and that's two weeks in a row. Usually I have four guests. Sometimes something happens and I only end up with three. Well, the last couple of weeks, I've had five guests. Uh, so uh, loaded shows. All of those interviews have been available to uh, patrons for the last uh, three or four days. Uh, so early access uh, for uh, people who chip in a couple of bucks a month. It's all done uh, via PayPal and Patreon. So I don't see credit card numbers or anything like that. Uh, if that's of interest to you, why don't you check it out? Patreon.com slash The Pipeline Show. Patreon is spelled P-A-T. R-E-O-N dot com slash the pipeline show. There'll be a little uh, welcoming video, which actually is overdue uh, for uh, a refresh. Uh, but a little bit about the show in case you're a newcomer. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you would have just listened to an entire episode. But um, there's some perks you can get for signing up at different uh, levels. And uh, the entrance one is uh, having early access to all these interviews. So if uh, if that is of interest to you, I'd encourage you to do it. Uh, and uh, it's very much appreciated. Uh, the show would not exist at this point if not for uh, listeners like you who have uh, chipped in and become patrons of the show. I mentioned it at the start of the program as well. If you uh, get your copy of the Pipeline show through iTunes or Spotify or one of those uh, services where you can leave a rating or a comment or both, uh, then please take a second and uh, do so as it's a great help for newcomers who might stumble across the show and uh, have never heard of it and are wondering what it's all about and why it came up as a suggestion for them. Uh, you can you can help um, expand the audience uh, for the show. So I, I'd appreciate it if you would uh, take a, a second or two uh, to do that. Next week on the program, uh, more 2020 draft spotlights. The U Sports National uh, bracket will be set. In fact, they'll be getting ready to play games. So I'll have an interview with somebody probably earlier in the week. Again, if you're a patron, you'll hear that uh, in, a, in a more timely fashion. Otherwise, it'll uh, come up probably just as the uh, games are, are about getting set to get going. Updates on all the CHL uh, playoff races. And, uh, of course, four conferences in the NCAA are starting playoffs this weekend. 
Uh, we'll look uh, we'll look back at what's already happened and ahead to uh, the playoffs in uh, Hockey East, which we did already today, and the NCHC. Uh, this is their final weekend of the regular season, too. So uh, lots to get to next week. Between now and then, make sure you get out and watch some college and junior hockey so that you and I can talk about it next week here on the Pipeline Show. Until then, my name is Keith Flaming. See ya. See ya.